Mervyn Hanley will inspire Mervyn Hanley will empower A voice powerful beyond measure We will keep us strong under pressure Touching the hearts and souls of family You will hear his voice through your tragedy Television online and overseas Tune in to Mervyn Hanley Welcome to another edition of The Blue Table. I am Mervyn Henley. Tonight at The Blue Table, I'll be speaking to renowned and very respected pollster, and he's also the head of the Caribbean Development Research Services cadres, Peter Wickham. We will speak on a number of regional issues right after this commercial break. It's been a while that you're thinking or dreaming of your new home. Let affluent homes turn that dream into reality. Leave it to us to deliver. A team of architects and designers have created award-winning designs. We will work with you to develop the distinctive look you envision. For real estate development, property sales and management, you must think of Affluent Homes Limited. Check out our website at www.affluenthomesnevis.com or email us merchant at merchantlc.com or call us today at 1-869-665-2121 Affluent Homes Limited Peter, welcome to the Blue Table. How are you doing? Good, good evening and good to be with you. Uh, I've been long looking forward to sitting at this table. So it's good today that we have the opportunity to chat about things regional. I know, and I've been anxiously awaiting to talk to you. I know COVID is just a mess right now and have us all over the place, but I'm happy to share this uh, moment with you. Uh, so let's begin tonight, Peter, on your home turf of Barbados. How is the Motley administration doing at this time? Yeah, I mean, I think the Mali administration is doing well, and I say that from two perspectives. Um, objectively, uh, the Mali administration has set itself targets in terms of dealing with national debt, dealing with destruction of the economy, uh, and dealing with some simple issues like uh, garbage trucks and buses, you know, simple things like that. Mm -hmm. And in a relatively short space of time, they've been able to check off, you know, many of these activities, uh, and I think that that augurs well for them. Um, then the other perspective, of course, is how are they doing compared to the Democratic Labour Party, and I think that this is where we're seeing them excelling. Uh, halfway through the term, the Democratic Labour Party is yet to name a state of candidates. Wow. Uh, it certainly is not in a position where it can seriously contest an alternative election, uh, and the leader, uh, to her credit, has just stood up to a challenge from another source. So one could argue that she, she's doing well, Prime Minister Mali is doing well, both objectively and also comparatively uh, an election is just what two years away yes yes and but have they have the opposition have they chosen a, a, a leader yeah, the opposition is being led by Verde de Pisa. And I, th I think I said at the outset, I thought that Verde de Pisa was a good option, largely because she was new. She, she didn't have the taint of the previous administration. So from that perspective, yes, they've done well regarding leadership. Um, the, the question, of course, would be whether or not she is in a position to take on Prime Minister Motley. And I think that that's where she doesn't really compare as well. Um, you know, Gar seems to be rejected, which is a good thing, but the party now has to start the process of building uh, under the, the, the new leadership of the Pisa. She, of course, is a candidate 
from the last election who, who didn't win and I think that that's one of the things which goes against her that she doesn't really have a trail mm-hmm. record of, of success in any serious way. Now, there have been some developments in Barbados. Uh, the quest to be a republic and also Barbados to recognize uh, same-sex civil unions. Now, not surprisingly, Peter, you have churches on Barbados who are distancing itself from this decision. You have uh, Bishop Michael Maxwell of the Anglican Church in Barbados saying that the, uh, the church is not supportive of the Mia Motley government's intent to, to recognize same-sex unions. Um, how would you rate the? Well, tell tell me what are your thoughts on those on those two? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that my my views on the whole concept of same sex union is well known, um, and I, I, I'm not suggesting for one moment that my views are consistent with that of the average Barbadian for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the move towards the recognition of same sex unions is long overdue, and I think it's a good thing. Um, the the question of marriage, however, is a slightly more tenuous issue. Um, my, my personal view is that if you're going to say that that's about human rights, gay rights are human rights, uh, and if you feel that the average person has a right to be married, then the average gay person also has a right to be married, regardless of, of your view of marriage. I think it's a civil institution, uh, and as such, um, any rights accorded to a member of that society, civil society, ought to be accorded across the board. Having said that, however, what Prime Minister Marley has done is that she has introduced the concept of a civil union, which is a union other than marriage, is not entirely unknown to Barbados because mm-hmm. we already recognize civil unions regarding persons who live together for five years, um, who are not expressly married but enjoy the same rights as someone that's married. She, she has indicated that the title marriage is to be hyped off and conveyed by way of a referendum, yes. and that until that time, she's willing to stop at the stage of civil marriage. Uh, on principle, I think it's a bold position that she's taking because it, it sets Barbados apart from any other country in the Caribbean that has not only decriminalized, but has started to offer a status. Uh, and I always made the point that, you know, Barbados was the first Caribbean country to introduce abortion, uh, where we introduced the Family Law Act in the 1980s, and no other Caribbean country had considered that kind of option. Uh, so in many ways, we've placed a trail in terms of social legislation. We also have something called the Freehold Tenantries Act, which gives persons who are tenant on a plantation the right to buy that um, tenancy mm-hmm. at peppercorn rates. So the Barbados Labour Party has a long history of this kind of social legislation. This is just another uh, another one in that regard. As far as public opinion is concerned, that's another matter. Um, Bishop Maxwell, you referred to. Um, unfortunately, Bishop Maxwell's comments were taken out of context. Bishop Maxwell has said that the civil matter is a matter for government. Uh-huh. He has not commented on that. He has, however, said that he opposes uh, marriage. And sadly, the church has been in a situation where it, it believes the, the the mantra that has been put forward by Prime Minister Motley that marriage is a matter for the, the church to decide. Um, and the, the, there's a lot of confusion regarding what is the domain of the church and what is the domain of the state. So sadly, Reverend Maxwell has not helped that confusion because he hasn't made it clear that he was misquoted in the press. Uh, and certainly his reference to civil union impaired appeared entirely reasonable because he basically said that's a matter for the state. He has, however, opposed marriage consistent with, with Christian teaching as he presents it. Um, and, and, you know, he has expressed that view. I don't have a difficulty with anything he said. I just think that it's unfortunate that he was misquoted 
and that the press continues to, to marry the two concepts, for want of a better word, and confuse civil unions with, with, with marriage. With marriage. As far as the Right. As far as the population of Barbados is concerned, you know, I've done research on a regional level, and Barbados has one of the lowest levels of homophobia in, in all of the Caribbean countries that my organization has studied. Um, Barbados do have reservations about same-sex marriage. Um, at the same time, I think it largely is because there's this confusion regarding the, the concept of marriage and union and not understanding that the two are really very uh, different things. Have you done a have you done any scientific polling at this time regarding that issue? Um, no scientific polling on the concept of a civil union, no. But unfortunately the concept of a civil union is not being subjected to any kind of referendum, so there's really no need to, to explore that. Um, what the Prime Minister seems to have been suggesting is that the matter of civil union is a matter of human rights, uh, and we're dealing with it in that way, uh, and I say all power to her in that regard. So you press on with those matters, um, and you accord rights to persons based on, on the civil pres uh, presumption, and then after that you can deal with the issue of marriage at a later point. Quickly to Jamaica, what a political beatdown um, wholeness gave the, the, the PNP. Um, what's next for the PNP? Of course, it's known, widely known that I support uh, Lisa Hanna as the next leader of the PNP. Um, what are your thoughts on that? My goodness. Yeah, um, my thoughts are, are very much like your thoughts. Uh, I'm a fan of Lisa Hanna, too, I have to admit, uh, shamelessly so. so the, the PNP has gone through a cycle, and I think that a lot of people are concerned about the beatdown that they have received, and it's been a humiliating defeat. But, but the point needs to be made. The PNP has, has dominated Jamaican politics since the 90s. And, you know, they, they had a situation where the Jamaican Labour Party had never won two consecutive elections. Uh, other than the one that was boycotted. Uh, and the Jamaica Labour Party has never really done as well. So the PNP had a good run, uh, certainly after Manu left, off, left office, they dominated the politics up until that time. Uh, the electorate wavered over the last three elections in Jamaica, and I think the electorate has now decided, look, we're going to settle down with the Jamaica Labour Party under the leadership of Prime Minister Holness. Uh, and the flogging that the PMP received, one could argue, was well-deserved because, you know, you are essentially presenting the same formula that was in need of uh, complete and total revision. Right. I think that they have a unique opportunity now to do that. Uh, they can choose new leadership uh, if Lisa Hanna is the option. I think that she's young enough and she's exciting enough to present a, a new way or a new direction for the People's National Party, and they have an opportunity to recover. So if, if they take the beating and the, the lessons on board, I do believe that they can be, be in a very good place in the not-too-distant future. Let's turn to St. Vincent and the Grenadines for a bit. Now, the last election in St. Vincent, I believe the Labour Party won eight seats out of 15. Um, mm -hmm. Do you feel that Prime Minister Gonzalez will pull this off again and making history in the Caribbean? Or is there a Gonzales fatigue and you think that there might be possible change this time around? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question and one that I'm not really sure about. Um, my, my sense is that the marginality of the last two elections in St. Vincent is being um, repeated in this last election. So we had a marginal victory. And the Gonzales Tenney had been interesting in that he won initially by a fairly significant margin. At the last two elections, he's won by one seat. Uh, and the number of votes is not significant, in, in not, not a significant number of votes. 
in this instance, um, there, there are two things that could happen. One is that this could also be a marginal election, or alternatively, the impact of COVID, which has been kind to other governments, uh, could help him uh, over the mark. There are about three seats in which he did well in the last election, increasing support. There are concerns as to whether he will be able to actually win those seats and increase his margin. And if he does so, uh, he, he essentially will then match the record of, of Prime Minister Skerritt in Dominica, who was able on his sister to actually increase the number of seats. That type of thing is not heard of in the Caribbean very regularly, uh, and he has an awesome task on his hands. Um, the, the question of the Gonzales fatigue is something which one is, is inclined to, to be worried about, and I imagine that as he approaches this election, he also wonders whether uh, he, he needs to be looking at that. He's entering unprecedented territory. Yes, Scarrett won five terms, but then Scarrett didn't win uh, all five elections. He won mm-hmm. four of those. Uh, um, Prime Minister Gonzales, however, will be the first person that's going for, for five terms consecutively, and that's a, it's a regional first. It would be unprecedented. Um, I also think that people look at him and think to themselves that you know this is a person who is, is probably been around for a while and, and has, has, has gone through a lot. And you know the question is his exit strategy is, is high on the minds of people. And I believe that in the course of the election campaign, he would deal fairly definitively with that. The expectation is that you know if he does win, that he, he probably won't serve out the entire term. Um, for some people, that may be a good thing. Uh, and for others, they may create, create some level of concern. But what is the platform for Ran- Ralph Gonzalez in this election, though? Because um, the campaign has started um, unofficially, I assume, and mm-hmm. I have not heard anything yet, per se. I have been following. The other day, I listened to the Prime Minister, and he made a statement saying that his supporters should complain and make noise after the election. I thought that was a bit condescending and arrogant in some regard, to some regard. And I think his words were, I believe that was also acknowledging that he has indeed failed his supporters in, in a way. So what exactly is his platform? Yeah, good question. I think, I think his platform is one of stability and the suggestion that this is not the time for change. You know, you don't give a government in the midst of a pandemic to a set of people who don't really know what they're doing. And I think that that is essentially the position that he's taking. Um, give me the opportunity to press on uh, and I will continue to deliver stability as distinct from putting the government in the hands of people who are looking to learn on the job. It's a dangerous strategy to some extent because the desire for change grows with every election and the question is whether you will will write in on that desire for change and that's an entirely possible outcome. So for sure, I, I do feel that there's a risk involved. The desire for change has removed governments in uh, Grenada, in Barbados, um, in St. Lucia, you know, where people just go out of a desire to see somebody different. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw in Grenada, however, that happened, and then very quickly, people reversed their position and gave all the seats back to Mitchell. But I just wonder, in this instance, whether there may very well be, uh, you know, a, a level of exhaustion with that. And as you said, you have to play very carefully in terms of managing that desire for change. And uh, I think the idea of a stability platform is probably his greatest hope. Hey, Peter, I must get in a break right now just for a quick minute and we'll be right back to discuss the dust-up in the Antigua and Barbuda Labour Party and, of course, what's happening on St. Kitts and Nevis. We'll be right back. Wouldn't it be great to easily carry a cylinder from the kitchen to the grill? 
Delta Petroleum introduces the new LPG composite cylinder that allows you to do just that. Made from composite material, this cylinder is up to 50% lighter than the steel ones. This new composite cylinder lets you know exactly how much gas is left in your cylinder. They will not rust and are safe to use at home, at work or in industrial situations, making them the smart way to store propane. Get your Delta Petroleum LPG Composite Cylinder today. Welcome to the Customer Support Portal, where we have made it easier for you to contact us. It starts with your question, email, a message, phone call, or a search on our website. Our CSP provides prompts and efficient solutions to your problems. We pride ourselves on treating our clients responsibly and ensuring your information is kept safe. Log on to www.sknd.net and send us a ticket or email us at customersupport at sknd.com. You may also call us directly at 869-465-2288 extension 1322 or 954-353-1003. We're back with Peter Wickham, who is the director of the Caribbean Development Research Services, Cadres. Now, Peter, the latest out of Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, this is just fascinating to watch and to hear. And that's a dust-up between Asset Michael, MP Asset Michael, and the Prime Minister Gaston Brown. Well, Asset seems to have a dust-up with everyone these days. I personally believe that Prime Minister Brown has been pretty patient with Asset, and he has had enough, basically. Well, he said that last Saturday. Asset is warring the magistrate, the local magistrate. He's warring with the Speaker of the House. He's warring with his colleagues, um, including the Prime Minister. Are we witnessing the nearing the end of the political career of uh, Asset Michael? Or is he so largely ingrained in the Labour Party and the folks have it that um, he's the money machine behind the party? Where do you see this heading? Uh, what do you see happening? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a... Asa Michael is a fascinating character politically. Um, there are few countries in the Caribbean where a character like that <laughs> and has done as well as he did. And, mm -hmm. and Asa Michael, I think he's loved and feared um, in, in equal regard. And a large part of his fear is, you know, the information that he holds, the bodies that he may know where they're buried, yes. and things of that nature. Um, he's loved because he's generous and he gives generously and he creates um, all kinds of, of alliances in that regard. Um, but he is a problem. And I mean, there's no question that Asa Michael is a problem for the Antigua Labour Party. He was a problem before and he continues to be a problem. I think the belief that he was a money spinner and in terms of raising funds for the ABLP, that he was critical in that regard, I think that has changed. I, mean, I think it changed a long time ago. And I don't know that the Antigua Labour Party needs him as much as they did when they were not in office. And I think that's where I believe that the strategy of Asset Michael has not worked well because I think Asset Michael's utility was greater before the election. Mm -hmm. um, it has declined within the first term. And certainly, no, uh, he, he's become a liability. I mean, you don't, you don't cast a magistrate, the Speaker of the House, uh, and a Prime Minister and, and live to tell this story. I mean, it's just not something that you do. And, mm -hmm. and he's presenting himself as an embarrassment. You know, Prime Minister Brown is known for being a very robust politician himself. 
Um, you know, he is, is is a person who doesn't miss his words. And the fact that you have someone like Asset within his group that has lasted as long as he did is is is, is somewhat fascinating. Um, so I think that he's reached the end of his lane. Um, I believe that there will be reflections on Asset Michael's career over the years to come because he's a fascinating politician in that regard. Uh, but then the question is, what does he do? Yes. So he, he can retreat to his constituency and hope to win it. Uh, I think that that's what he's determined to do. He's indicated that he runs as an independent. Um, I don't know whether he can win as an independent, frankly. Um, the fact is that there they have been comparable cases uh, like in Trinidad and Tobago where Jack Warner ran with a new party and he was able to win a by-election. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether in a general election, he didn't survive in a general election, and I don't know whether Asa Michael could. But my point is that even if he were to cause the ABLP to lose that seat, the reality is that the ABLP can continue to govern without reference to that seat. Right. So my feeling is that he's overplayed his hand. Um, there's not a lot you can do as a politician living alone. Uh, and, and certainly constituents were both tired of that after that time. So, you know, my, my sense is that this is, this is it for him politically. And he didn't negotiate his exit strategy well, but that's something that a lot of politicians in the Caribbean are, are guilty of. Yeah, that is so true. But do you see where, um, um, I think I know the answer to this one, but I just asked mm-hmm. where Gaston Brown, Prime Minister Gaston Brown, loses the next election, or is, an, is it another term for the UPP to be in the wilderness? Yeah, I think Prime Minister Brown, all things being equal, should have another term. I think he's done well enough and he has a sufficiently strong government. And my sense is that the, the real conversation is about possibilities for the UPP in another five to seven years. But I, I don't believe that um, their their time will be there now. But then one never knows, you know, um, politics could move quickly. But thus far, I haven't seen any evidence to suggest that he needs to be uh, overly, overly concerned. Okay, we move now to St. Kitts and Nevis. Uh-huh. Um, Prime Minister, the Honorable Timothy Harris, and the team Unity Partners were able, Peter, to pick up seats, and they won another term, as you know it. Your predictions were dead on, so congratulations for that. That's why I say that you're, you're renowned. You're, you're the top pollster consultant around. Uh, the people have spoken loudly. Now, what do you say about the leadership of Prime Minister Harris and what must they do to keep this partnership going? Yeah. Well, I mean, Prime Minister Harris did a, a remarkable thing in that he's one of few leaders in the Caribbean who's crossed the floor, taken lead of the opposition, and led the opposition to victory. And, you know, there, there are various formulas where people who have been dissidents within their own political parties have followed. Uh, and I think that his is one of the more remarkable ones. Um, the Team Unity Alliance is peculiar in many ways. Um, not least of which is the fact that, that St. Kitts and Nevis is one of the most polarized political environments in the Caribbean, and Team Unity has essentially been able to take control of that and chart a new course in terms of politics. And I've, I've always said before that if, if for no reason other than the fact that I think that the, the polarization of St. Kitts is unhealthy, um, I'm happy to see that he has been able to hold the, the union together, and, and more importantly, that he's been able to blend the division faction or the division mm-hmm. group into the politics of the Federation of St. Kitts and Nevis, where they should always have been in the first place. And, and I look forward to a future in which you see uh, the kind of sharing of governance that should always be the case. Um, my, my hope 
will be that a time will come where the New Island administration will, will cease to exist and, and they're comfortable being governed at the federal level. Of course, that's a bit of a pipe dream on my part. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to see one election held uh, at one level yes. where you know, both sides are elected. Uh, largely because I think that the level of over-governance in Kits and Nevis is, is significant for a country that's one of the smallest populations in the world, uh, 40,000 people. Uh, and they have governance at the local and also at the federal level. So there could be some synergies, but I mean, we're getting away from the point. I think Harris has done reasonably well to be able to, to gain this level of ascendancy. I think a number of people felt that he was slow in making decisions. Um, I, I certainly have been, been comfortable with that criticism myself. But I also appreciate that it's been hard because you're, you're pulling together three political entities that don't have a history mm-hmm. of relating to one another uh, and have had a very adversarial past. You're pulling that together in a situation where you come from a political regime that was very adversarial towards those. You have bent defenses and you're now trying to lead three organizations in a way that few political um, uh, parties in the Caribbean have in a highly polarized society. So it's remarkable. So Harris has done well and I, I like the last election largely because it was free of the kind of scandal that was associated with the one before it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that the outcome has essentially been a resounding uh, referendum on the leadership of Harris and, and team. I, I was about to ask you, like my follow-up question yeah. would have been, mm-hmm. what in your mind was the decisive factor in the last election? Well, I mean, I think the key thing was the absence of the overseas vote. And I mean, that told a story. Um, I have been campaigning relentlessly against this overseas vote. I, I found it made no sense. Um, the last election has proved the theory that the overseas vote was largely brought in by the federal, um, the St. Kitts and Nevis Labour Party. Uh, because of the absence of that vote, they've lost uh, all but one seat. So I think that that has told a story, and I believe that it's an opportunity for politicians and nations to set up and say, well, look, are we going to allow uh, some people from overseas to determine the fate of us at the, at the national level, or alternatively, are we going to look at a future in which we can have um, uh, governance, governance decided by people within St. Kitts and Nevis and, and then create another role perhaps for conditions that are conditions that live overseas. You've spoken overseas voting in the St. Kitts and Nevis Labour Party but there is this notion, I am not sure if it's a correct one but you, you probably will know that on the Nevis side of things that the Concerned Citizens Movement also depends on the overseas vote but they won all three seats. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that, that's no secret. Um, in case the CCM has always argued that their margins could be more attractive if they did not have reference, if they had reference to the overseas vote. At the same time, I've always argued this is the best that you have done in, in a long time when you've done that without reference to the overseas vote. The, the, the innovation overseas vote was always very different to me because the innovation overseas vote was what you could call a vote-based vote. So in other words, you're looking at divisions that come from close by, um, are easily accessible because they can come in on boats, uh, and, and there are divisions that live in, in St. Croix and St. Martin and close mm-hmm. to places close by. Um, they've always said, well, it is better for them to access those voters uh, than to, to lose them. Well, well, my view is that, you know, we can discuss ways and means, but um, the, the lesson in it is that while you may think that you do better, it's clear that your opponent also does better too because your opponent 
have been able to feel their fair share of overseas voters. So it cuts both ways. Um, I'm happy that it is at an end, and, and one can only hope that you know the as as the wiser heads reflect that they will make a decision in terms of what we're going to do with these because it's about twelve thousand now, which is plenty yeah, for uh, such a small voting population of forty-eight thousand um, voters. Uh, that is a significant portion of people, so they have to make a decision going forward. Let us touch on leadership in the Sinkitsa Nevis uh, Unity government. I believe the arrangement in Team Unity, unless something happens uh, politically or, you know, by nature, that um, Prime Minister Harris will serve two terms as the Prime Minister on several occasions, or I should say a number of occasions, on the Unity platforms, at government press conferences, you name it. It was mentioned that Sean Richards, the the current Deputy Prime Minister, that he will be next in line. And again, this is what has been touted, again, on various platforms. So if this is the case, what advice do you have for the Deputy Prime Minister and how should he begin, if not already, to prepare himself? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are few leaders that have the opportunity of seeing a roadmap to leadership as well laid out as Sean Richards. Um, and I think that he needs to observe that and use every opportunity to learn what he needs to do in relation to it. I think one of the things that Prime Minister Harris has demonstrated is that to lead Team Unity, you, you need to be uh, patient and careful and you need to walk cautiously. And I think that that is probably one of the best bits of advice that he could, could get. Um, the idea that you could take up a party uh, that you're leading you can begin to wield power and influence with, with great uh, veracity is something that he would un- need to understand very quickly. It's not really possible in the case of St. Kitts and Nevis. Uh, if I were him, I would stay close to Prime Minister Harris uh, if he does take over leadership. Uh, and I would also start to build a relationship with Mark Branley. And I think that in, in, in all of it, the, the Branley factor is the one big unknown. Uh, and I think that while it need not be a problem for Harris, because Harris is essentially one uh, a good mandate to carry on, it's entirely possible that the next leader, Sean Richards, may not have as generous a mandate and he may need to look to uh, Prime Minister Harris. He may need to look to build a relationship with Mark Bradley, assuming that he continues to lead the, the CCM. So my thing would be building alliances, and I think that that's the main thing that, that he needs to, to look at. And just speaking of advice, what do you have to say to opposition leader Denzel Douglas? Um, Denzel Douglas needs to look at, I think Denzel Douglas needs to look at retirement, quite frankly. And I've said this before, that, you know, you, you, you have made an outstanding contribution to politics in the Caribbean, uh, to, to politics in St. Kitts and Nevis. But there comes a point where one has to decide, you know, when it's time to go. Um, I'm not sure what more he can do. Um, he has won spectacularly in that he has won all the seats for, for Labour on the mainland. Now, finally, Peter, and just for transparency, as we're still in, on St. Kitts and Nevis, there was a poll done on Nevis and uh, conducted in St. James constituency. And this was done by your firm, from my understanding. And as I understand it, and as I understand it, um, my name, Mervyn Henley, I even stumbled over my name there for a second, was listed on that uh, same polling survey. Now, it was agreed for you to discuss my favorable rating in the constituency. And just a note to my listeners and those viewing, it should not be any secret that my name is even mentioned as a candidate in any polling on Nevis. I have been actively a part of the political process for a number of, year now, a number of years now, over 15 years. And um, 
Me running for office and being able to serve my people in a different capacity has always been on the top of my mind. I have not made up my mind, and let me repeat, I have not made up my mind. People are saying that I am running, but I have not given anyone any news to carry out for me. I can do that pretty good on my own. Uh, the only run I'm doing right now is to run to lose some weight. So there is so much to take into consideration. And most importantly, I have a son who's living in America, and I'm, all, I'm always there with him. And so I, will have, I am having that discussion it's an ongoing discussion within the family circle. And of course, I am talking to people and I am not making that any secret. Now, Premier Mark Brantley, whom I have the greatest respect for, he has always encouraged me to um, aspire for the best and to go after my dreams. And I can be anything I want to be in this life. He has always supported me and my ideas. He would want, he is one to, he will be the one to, he will be the first one to say, that um, I have the most brilliant ideas and I'm always coming up with something creative. So I am taking his sound words and advice under consideration. So now, Peter, my ratings in the St. James constituency. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the significant thing, and as, as, as you said, um, I've been given leave by the client to the poll to discuss um, you know, one, one small part of it. Um, the poll would have touched on several issues. Uh, as always, these polls are the property of the client that has sponsored them and, and they will, will um, ultimately determine the use to which it is put. But a um, couple of things which jumped out at me, and one is the fact that the outcome in terms of people's motivation um, now has a lot to do with, with leadership and, and party. Party and leadership seems to be a significant motivator. In that context, the, the measurement of candidates um, who are currently associated with parties and not associated with parties was, was significant. Uh, and the fact that that, that you, you Mervyn Hanley, uh, would have competed favorably in terms of an individual rating uh, with other persons who were openly associated with parties is significant because it would mean that on an objective basis, people are looking and seeing leadership potential or, or candidacy potential um, where you're concerned. Um, the other persons who were, were rated in the poll were all um, openly identified as candidates. As I said, you were the only person that wasn't. And against that background, to have competed uh, within a percentage point of, of all of them is, is, is significant. So um, it does say that certainly should you be interested in a political future, um, there's probably some, some good, good material to work with going forward. Well, Peter, <laughs> with that note, um, I, I can only listen to you. Uh, your final words, but I just want to thank you uh, we have covered a whole lot tonight. I can speak to you all day on all things politics. And um, your final words. Yeah, I mean, we, we have had one of the most exciting months in politics regionally. At the St. Kitts level, we had the by-election result come back favorably. Uh, we had um, political activity in the United States of America with, with the first debate concluding yesterday. I mean, what a mess it was. Uh, we've had political activity in Barbados with the declaration of us going to become a republic uh, and a, a throne speech at midterm, which is something that we haven't had before. So in many ways, we are, I would say, in a time of unprecedented political excitement. And I, I'm happy to have been able to spend you know, a couple of minutes and to chat with you about, about these issues uh, going forward. And I hope that uh, next month we will have even more to talk about. We have a, a U.S. election 
That's on the 3rd of November. Oh, speaking about that quickly, Peter, did you watch that debate the other night uh, with Trump versus uh, uh, um, um, Biden? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was, a, it was a train wreck. Um, a level of presidential bullying that is unprecedented. And, you know, I mean, you watch that type of mess and you wonder how is it that um, Americans are comfortable with putting a person like that back into office, but you know we 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 will have to wait and see what they do. My sense is that that debate reaffirmed the view that uh, President uh, Trump is is uh, a train wreck and a, a particular problem waiting to happen. So you have that right after you have a declaration of his tax situation, which leaves much to be desired. And mm-hmm. um, you know I, I'm anxious to see. The vice presidential debate, I think it will be a lot more tame, yes. a lot more civil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also anxious to see the outcome of the election, which I, I, I would be I would be appalled, quite frankly, if after something like this, President Trump could uh, present himself as an alternative uh, and a preferred alternative to President to Vice President Biden. If we were shocked in 2016, I will be shocked this time around if President Trump wins mm-hmm. again. Peter Wickham. And I, Yes, thank you very much, sir, and thank you for being with me at the Blue Table. Okay, my pleasure. Take care. What a great discussion we just had with Peter Wickham. I sure do hope that you enjoyed it. Lots of information there. And do join us again for our next edition of the Blue Table with Mervyn Henley. And here's a plug for St. Kitts and Nevis. If you're overseas and you're wondering where to travel or where to go for a vacation or whatever the case may be, understanding that the COVID protocols are still in place, you can visit the beautiful Federation Islands of St. Kitts and Nevis. The borders are now open. Well, they will be opened on October 31st. I am Mervyn Hanley, and I am wishing you a good night. Stay safe. Mervyn Hanley will inspire. Mervyn Hanley will empower. A voice powerful beyond measure. We will keep us strong under pressure. Touching the hearts and souls of family. You will hear his voice to your tragedy. Television online and overseas. Tune in to Mervyn Hanley.